father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious! Hello, and welcome to What's Lightsabers, Precious? Lord of the Rings and Star Wars Encyclopodcast, where we waste time on fictional wikis. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joanna. And it's almost 2018. Yeah. Do you have any New Year's resolutions, listeners? Do you? I hope your resolution is to keep listening to What's Lightsabers Precious every week of the coming year. I can't think of a more appropriate resolution for 2018 than that. That sounds like a very good resolution. Um, Do you have any resolutions, Ryan? Well, my resolution is I want to learn more about Middle Earth in the coming year. Oh, wow, what a coincidence. My resolution is I want to learn more about the exciting world of Star Wars in the new year. Why? (laughs) Well, I mean, I have to do it anyway, so I feel like set the bar low and then you won't disappoint anyone. There you go. Do you have any predictions for what will happen in 2018 in the world of Star Wars? Well, the Han Solo movie is coming out. It's kind of a troubled production. I'm not expecting a lot out of it, but Donald Glover is playing Lando, which is nice. That's very cool, actually. I think that's going to get me into the theater, regardless of any other extenuating circumstances. And it's made by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, or at least originally. It was at first. They got fired, but they're the guys who made the Lego movie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They're pretty funny guys, so I hope that at least their script is still being used in the final cut of the film. Who's directing it now? Ron Howard. Really? And he's going to be doing an Arrested Development style uh, narration on top of the whole thing. And so it's going to be very funny. Oh, I'm very excited for that. Oh, me too. It's going to have parts where, for example, Han Solo says things like, I don't give a damn. And then Ron Howard's going to come in and say, he gave many dams. Yeah, that's the kind of humor we're talking about. Oh, man. What a story that will be. Would you have any predictions of Lord of the Rings things in the coming year? Well, the Amazon show is going to come out, but we already talked about that. Yeah. I predict that there will probably be more people attempting to buy the rights. Okay. Now that Christopher Tolkien has stepped down. Right. And I predict Lord of the Rings will continue to be the best trilogy of books ever written. Okay. In my completely unbiased opinion. So, I think you're going to be very excited by today's topic. Why? What is it? Well, what's your favorite race in Lord of the Rings? Oh, they're all good, Joanna. But what's your favorite? What do you always play as when we do D&D? What do I play as? I'm always GMing. I'm always like monsters and stuff. Oh my god, okay. I like goblins. And Don't let your and... hang-ups on our podcast here. I know, I like I like GMing. Five. Okay, never mind. This, this podcast is about going... wizards? This podcast is going to be about elves, Ryan. Oh, elves! God, I tried! I've honestly never played an elf in an RPG. I played yes, a, you did! I played a half-elf. Okay, well, if we're going to get that picky about things. But yeah, I do like elves. I just, I tried to lead you to water and you just would not drink. (laughs) Do you want to try leading me there again? Nope, you know what? Okay. Today is going to be the first of an estimated a few podcasts about elves because the story of elves is very complicated. I'm going to try and get all the complicated stuff out of the way right here at the top. Mm Mm-hmm. But there are several factions of elves, and their names all tend to sound rather similar. And this is the part of the Silmarillion where I always start to get confused. Okay. So I'm going to try and break it down for you, and you tell me if I lose you at any point, okay? Got it. All right, so elves are called the Elder Children of Iluvatar. Do you know why that is? Because they're the first race created by Iluvatar. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, because Iluvatar planned for them to awaken first. Although... 
Who actually awoke first? Dwarves. Dwarves did. Ding, ding, ding. Two points so far. Yeah, I remember that. You told me that. Now, who were the younger children of Iluvatar for a third point? Mm, men. Men. Ding, ding, ding. Good. You're three for three so wow, far. Wow, I'm so good at Lord of the Rings now. You basically know everything. I've learned everything. Podcast canceled. I don't need to do yeah. this anymore. And if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to our earlier episodes where Joanne explains this stuff in more detail. See, this is why I feel like if you're not listening to them in order, you might get a little bit lost because I feel while yours works somewhat in isolation, mine sort of has to build on itself. By the very nature of the Middle-Earth mythos, because it's very complicated. Well, thanks for limiting the listening order of our podcast, Joanne. I really appreciate it. Hey, I'm trying to recap a little. That's why I'm asking these questions. That's why I have this whole conceit here at the top, all right? For the benefit of the listeners, I do care sometimes. Let me ask you another question. Do you know why elves love the stars so much? Probably because of, um, crap, what was your name? Star Lady. Varda Elantari? Varda. They, they, they probably are connected to Varda. So, yeah, that's part of it. I think another reason might be because they first woke up about 4,300 years before the first rising of the sun. All they had was stars. All they had were stars. That's all they had to see by. Wow, okay. So, last question, and super ultra mega bonus points if you get this right. All right, I'm ready. Where did the elves awaken? Was it Valinor, Middle-earth, or some third place? Feel free to play along at home, by the way. I remember you told me that the hunter Valar... Orume. Orume. Found them and woke them up. They were already awake when he found them, actually. Oh. Do you uh, remember where they were? Valinor, Middle-earth, or a third place. I was too lazy to think of another name of a place, so you right. already know D- it's going to be one of the first two. 50-50 chance. <laughs> yes. Uh, Valinor. No! Shoot! That's what you would think, but in fact, they woke up in Middle-earth. Oh, no. Specifically, they awoke in the far east of Middle-earth, in a place called Quivianen, or the Water of Awakening. Oh, okay. So now, even though the Valar had known about the elves since the literal beginning of time, they initially had no idea that these bad boys had woken up. Nobody sent them a memo. And unfortunately, the Valar were the second to find out. Can you guess who the first was? Uh, Morgoth? That's right, it's everyone's favorite sack of butts, Morgoth. My boy! So Morgoth found out that the elves had woken up, and he wrung his hands and went, <laughs> I bet he did. That's all he does. That's all he does. That's all he does. That's all he does. <laughs> so Morgoth sent a bunch of his creatures to harass the elves, though the Encyclopedia of Arda isn't clear on what type of harassment it was. You think it was maybe, like, workplace harassment? Maybe making sexually inappropriate comments. Maybe he was driving by in a crappy sedan and catcalling them. Yeah. I don't know. But actually, there is one thing I do know. Yeah. So Morgoth kidnapped some of the elves and imprisoned them in his stronghold, Otumno, where he tortured and mutilated them. Yikes. So that's nice. And it's generally thought that this is the origin of the race of orcs. Well, so orcs are just mutated elves. Yeah, basically. Remember Saruman's words to Lurtz, the leader of the Urukai and the Fellowship oh, of the Lurtz, Ring. Classic Lurtz. He says, Do you know where the orcs came from? They were elves once. And Lurtz is like, Okay, cool. Yeah, he doesn't really react to that much. <clears throat> okay. In fact, I think the only thing he says is in response to who do you serve, and he goes, Saruman! So maybe, maybe it's only what he knows. 
Well, no, he actually, later he also says, find the halflings! Find the halflings! I think they just translated it. He was just saying, Saruman! 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 I think that's exactly what it was, but we're getting a little bit off topic here. Okay. So, yes, orcs were, it is believed, basically just mutilated and tortured elves. Now, I know mutilations aren't passed down genetically. Yeah, I was going to say, how does that work? I think we can assume that there was some magic nonsense going on, too. Like he permanently disfigured their entire bloodline or something. He must have. Maybe mutilated is less like, ha I'm going to cut your ears and make you have janky teeth. And it's more like he, he like mutilated their essence and like and darkened them. Right. Well, because how much more of an F.U. is it to a Luvatar if he not only roughs up Iluvatar's creation, but he corrupts and destroys them and makes them ugly. Right, yeah. It's like a perversion of everything that Iluvatar tried to create. So, because of the horrors that the elves were facing at the hands of Morgoth, the elves were initially super suspicious when they encountered the Valar. I bet, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to kidnap us and mess up our faces, right? Like, you're not going to screw with our DNA you guys on are, a cellular level. I don't know you're not a cop, dude. You have to tell me if you're a cop, otherwise it's entrapment. Yeah. No, Orome was the valor that found them while he was out hunting and he heard their beautiful singing voices. Oh, the most dangerous game. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was not hunting for elves. He was hunting for other creatures, whatever those might have been. Like elves, for example. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them ears and make a beautiful necklace out of them. Bagged him by the Water of Awakening, oh. I did. No. Jackpot. Look at all these sleepy elves. No, 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 no. It wasn't like that at all. Actually, he feared for their safety. Because here they were, out in the open, vulnerable, getting kidnapped and sexually harassed Yikes. by Morgoth. Yeah. So he told the Valor, and the Valor came to Middle-earth and beat the crap out of Morgoth in a battle called the Battle of the Powers. Seems like he's beat up really often. This was the first time he was beat up. The second time was the War of Wrath, That's where, where they put the space. collar on his neck and launched him into outer space. Okay. Yes. So this was the first time. This was the Battle of the Powers. Okay. After that, the Valar were feeling pretty protective of these little elf babies. I bet they were, yeah. They were newborns. They didn't know anything about the world. They just kind of wandered about singing all the time. Are they actually babies? No, I don't think they are actually babies. I, that would be very cute. A bunch of little elf babies like crawling around just like gumming on each other. I think and... that's a little bit too helpless. They wouldn't have survived if they were born as babies. You're right. Okay. That would have been sort of cute, but also sort of stupid on Iluvatar's part. So they decided that they were going to summon all the elves to Valinor where they could watch over them more effectively. But like I said, the elves were still pretty suspicious of the Valar, so they chose three ambassadors to travel to Valinor and make sure it was on the up and up. Okay. These ambassadors were Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe. Okay, so Ingwe. Malmsteen. Yes, Ingwe Malmsteen. Finwe. Malmsteen. Malmsteen. And Elwe. Malmsteen. All Malmsteen family yeah, okay, members. Yeah. Yes, yes. So when Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe laid eyes on Valinor, it pretty much knocked them on their asses. It was so awesome. And they urged their people to get on over there. This place rules, guys. Yeah, exactly. There's these two trees that light everything up. There's nobody kidnapping us and carving up our faces. Sounds like paradise. It essentially was, yes. And so here's where we start getting different factions of elves. So pay close attention because this gets complicated. Okay. So our three ambassadors are Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe, right? All the wayways. All the wayways. Now, all of Ingwe's people agreed to go to Valinor. Of course. All of them. Of course. Ingwe was just that persuasive. 
And they were called the Vanyar, which means the fair people. So those were the whitey white whites. Those were the whitey white whites because they were all fair haired and pale skinned. And in fact, it's from the Vanyar part of her family tree that Galadriel gets her famous golden hair. Oh, okay. Now let's talk about Finway. So most of Finway's people agreed to go to Valinor. And these elves were known as the Noldor or the Deep Elves. We talked about them a little bit. We did, in passing. So when we say deep, that's not deep as in deep within the earth. When you think about deep, think of like a college student in an indie coffee shop wearing a keffiyeh that he bought at Urban Outfitters, having a fair trade cold brew and reading The Idiot. What a deep fellow. Like, that, the kind of deep that kid thinks he is, that's the kind of deep we're talking about I here. bet he's, they all write their own, like, screenplays. Oh, yeah, they're typing away at them all day. They're mm. going to take the world by storm because they have something to say. They took Philosophy 101 and they have it all figured out. And they think that people really need to reconsider Marxism and what Karl Marx really meant when he wrote Das Kapital. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here. So the word Noldor means those with knowledge. Okay. And they got all that knowledge because they studied under Auli the Smith when they got to Valinor. Oh, okay. Right? Everybody's favorite guy. So we got Whitey Whites. We got Thinky Thinks. Yes. So last, we have the followers of Elwe. Again, most of these agreed to go to Valinor, and they were known as the Teleri, which means those who came last. Basically, like, slow asses. That's what their name meant. That's all they're known for? No. Oh, no. The Teleri is where things get complicated, right? So this was the largest group of elves, and some of them weren't entirely sold on this whole Valinor thing. Uh, in fact, a substantial fraction of the Teleri changed their minds halfway through the journey to Valinor and decided to stay in Middle-earth. Wait, wait, wait. So they were on the ocean, like, hold on, hold on. I No, 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 I left no, no. the gas on, I gotta turn around. Remember, like... the elves were born in the far east of Middle-earth, so they essentially had to cross the whole continent oh, okay, okay. to get to the sea and then sail to Valinor. So they just turned around halfway, and like, nah, that's Yeah, they just kind of settled down. Oh, my feet are like, tired, I just want to, like, hang out. Yeah. Yeah, this place, uh, I think it's been built up a little bit too much. Yeah. Mm, the Noldor said they liked it before it was cool. Uh-huh, That's right. so pretentious. I'm just not interested. So some of the descendants of these Teleri who changed their minds halfway through became the elves of Mirkwood, oh. as in our boy Legolas and like, his pop. Thinky things. we got the whitey whites, we got the coolie cools. They're coolest. The coolie cools. Well, also another defining trait of these wood elves is they're a little bit more of the world than the elves who ended up going to Valinor, right? Galadriel's real, like, otherworldly. Right, yeah. Right. But Legolas and his kin are not so much, and that's presumably because they never went to Valinor. They never talked to Owly the Smith. Yeah, they're just more more down to Middle-earth. They are more down to Middle-earth. That's a good way of putting it. Now, those Teleri that did stick to the plan actually arrived late to the western shore. Well, because all those people are like, actually, guys, I was going to, like, stop for a little bit. Like, So when Olmo did decide to come back for the Teleri sometime later, a lot of them were kind of over the whole Valinor idea. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them chose to stay behind in Middle-earth. Elway himself was one of these. Oh, okay. So apparently he thought Valinor was a nice place to visit, but upon reflection, he didn't want to live there. Okay, fair enough. Right? I mean, it's the same, you know, it's like when you go on vacation, it's nice, but it's kind of, you know... Kind of exhausting. Right. Yeah, you need a vacation for your vacation. And that's yeah. kind of how Elway felt. This group of Teleri became known as the Sindar, as in Sindarin. Okay, yes. That's a word I've heard. Yes. So, meanwhile, the Teleri that did make it all the way to Valinor were called the Falmari. So we've initially got three groups of elves headed to Valinor. The Vanyar, led by Ingwe, mm-hmm. the Noldor, led by Finwe, and the Teleri, led by Elway. 
the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> right? Okay, so you with me so far? Yes. So during the journey across the Middle Earth, some of the Teleri duck out early. These Teleri are called the Nandor. Right. Other Teleri missed the Yolmo train and ultimately decided to live in the west of Middle Earth, and these are called the Sindar. Right. And the Teleri who actually bothered to go to Valinor were called the Falmari. So Nandor, Sindar, Falmari. Okay. Right? There's actually yet another group of elves called the Avari or the Unwilling, and they never left Huivienen at all, which means they don't really come into the story. So we're going to ignore them. Okay. Avari, who are they? We're ignoring them. You good on this? Oh, uh, I hope everyone at home is drawing a diagram of this. You can also look it up on Encyclopedia of Arda, and we will link it for you. Okay. They have a little family tree. All right. Cool. So next week, we'll discuss what happened during the Ages of Bliss and how things ultimately turned out not so blissful. Oh, this is cliffhangers? That's all I'm going to get today? Cliffhanger. Da-da. Oh, no. Okay, wow. Right. Elves are complicated. Initially, they are. I feel like later on, it becomes less so. We're going to focus on each of these people on more of a micro level. Yeah. But the big picture, yeah, it's a little complex. Wow, okay. That's our, that's our elf primer. It is. An introduction to elves, elves 101. This is the beginning of our ground level elf stuff, and now we're going to keep building on it, right? With exactly. The, with our elf knowledge. That's exactly right. Do you have a favorite elf group of the ones you've talked about today? Mm, that's really tough, but I would have to say the Sindar. Because I think that they had the most impact on the culture of Middle-earth in the Third Age when Lord of the Rings takes place. Okay, in what way? Well, their language, first off. Sindarin. Sindarin was the prevailing elf language spoken in Middle-earth. Okay. There's also a lot of them living in and around the area that would later become, like, the Shire and the west of Middle-earth. Okay. One of them was cured on the shipwright who is the guy that helped Bilbo and Frodo and all the elves sail across to Valinor. Oh, okay. So I'd say the Sindor, but I like the Nandor too, because they're more down-to-earth, and I think they're more fun than the sort of ethereal mm, whitey-whites. Yeah, those ones are kind of fun, though. I mean, I like Galadriel. She's super scary. I love her a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. And she has a pretty big impact on the overall shaping of Arda. But the Sindar and the Nandor have more of an impact on day-to-day life. All right. Good answer. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a favorite? Um, not yet. I have to learn more about elves, honestly. Like, they all, they all have, have cool things about them, it sounds like. All right. Well, we'll come back to you. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm undecided at the moment. All but right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, before I start my section, yes. you know, usually on this podcast, we get a pretty good listener response. You know, usually our inbox is, is pretty full of messages. Overflowing. We can't answer All them kinds all. of questions. Stop and, emailing us. You know, we get questions like... No, I'm just kidding. Please email us. Questions like, I don't know, like, when's Jar Jar Binks going to be on the podcast? And, oh, yeah. People are really clamoring uh, for that what, one. What, what's under Gandalf's robes? And... Missed. Are, are you single? Um, oh, no. We've, we've been... From the beginning, we've said we're married. Yeah, so usually I'm, I'm... Sorry. The questions are pretty basic. I'm usually pretty, pretty whelmed by the response. You're pretty whelmed. But, Thoroughly whelmed. But after last week, last week during the Life Day episode, I mentioned one Wilrow Hood, known as the Ice Cream Man of Cloud City. Oh, yeah, the guy running with the ice cream maker. Yes. In, like, one scene. And let me tell you, Joanna, we were inundated with messages People just want to know about Will Roll Hood. People are hot for Hood. Who they, is this man? 
who is this cosmopolitan man of the world? Yeah, they just want to like, who's Hood? Where is he? Can I meet him? Do you have his number? I say, well, no, I don't. Is he single? Is he single? I mean, I don't know. So I said, okay, I'll do some stuff about Will Hood. Uh, it turns out he's not super well documented in the Star Wars universe. No? Um, man of mystery. But he is a man of Cloud City. And I wanted to include him in the show. And so I put together a bit of a, I guess it's like a game show. Ooh. And I need your help judging it, Joanna. All right. Uh, are you ready to start uh, Mr. Cloud City, the best man of Bespin? Oh, yes. Let's start by setting our scene a little bit. You okay. know about Cloud City, right? Um, I know that it's City in the Clouds that Lando kind of runs and Luke gets his hand cut off there. He does. He bites his pop-pop. You also know that Han Solo wants to build a sky house there for him and Chewie. Oh, sure, from the glove of Darth Vader. <laughs> right. His little penthouse in the sky with yeah. his, his uh, life partner. Yeah, Cloud City is a, is a city that floats above Bespin, known best as a Tabana Gas mining facility. Okay. Do you know Tabana Gas? No, what is Tabana Gas? It's... Sounds tropical. Well, it is. Uh, it's gas that's excreted by these creatures called Beldons. So there is something living. On Bespin. They're these big gas-filled organisms. They're like 10 kilometers across. And they excrete Tabana gas. And the gas is used for fuel, hyperdrives, blasters. Sorry, sorry. Are Lando and his people mining farts? Yes. Is this a fart mine where they go down with little pickaxes and light up helmets and they mine farts? Oh, no, no. They do not use pickaxes. They use tractor beams, and they pull it into the station. You remember when Luke is hanging off the bottom of it? There's all those, like, dangly bits? Yes. Those are, like, sucking up all the Tabana gas. So they're sucking up farts in tractor beams. I wouldn't call it that. It must stink. When Luke's hanging off the bottom of it, what they don't show you is just his face every time somebody rips a big one. You know, it's like how plants give off oxygen. I think Beldons give off... Farts. They give off Tabana gas. Okay. Are these big balloony jellyfish things that that excrete Tabana gas. That's cool, Lando. You're mayor of Fart Town. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> he kind of is the mayor of Fart Town. That's what it boils down to. He's actually more like the baron administrator of Fart Town. Oh, he's not even the mayor. <laughs> he's the baron. He's, admin- a, he's middle manager of Fart Town. Yeah, he's a fart baron. <laughs> No wonder he was sexiest man alive for so long. Yeah. You didn't want to get a piece of that. So this is the setting of our of our game show today. Is cool. Fart town. Fart town. But let's not focus on that. Let's not focus on the economy. Let's focus on the people. The people. The men of Cloud City. Mm-hmm. The men of the planet Bespin. Sure. The regular citizens. They're the backbone. So uh, Bachelor number one is a fellow called Lobot. Do you know Lobot? I don't know Lobot. It sounds like somebody mispronouncing Robot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he appears in Empire Strikes Back quite frequently, actually. Does he? So do you remember Lando? Yes. Lando Calrissian. Of course, who could forget? Do you remember his little bald buddy who, like, is always standing behind him? Yeah. With, the, with like, the with the earmuffs that are electronic? Sure, that's his little yes man. That's Lobot. Lobot? But he's not actually a robot? Now, Lobot is, uh, he's actually interesting. He... It's one of the characters that was very strongly affected by the canon and legend split at the point where he now has two completely different backstories, depending on which timeline you're referring to. Oh, well, of course he does. Who wouldn't want to make up an intricate backstory? Who wouldn't want to make up 
two intricate backstories for Lobot. Well, apparently the Legends one wasn't good enough because they made a new one for the canon, like the Lando comic books, I think is where this all comes from. Which one do you like more personally? Well, I'll let you decide. Okay. It's going to be a tale of two Lobots here. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the the current canon Lobot backstory. Sure. So Lobot is a cyborg. Oh, so he is, well, cyborg and robot aren't the same thing. Well, he's, he's part, he's part mechanical. To be a cyborg, he would have to have at least an organic brain. He does, he does. Okay. He was paid to run battlefield calculations by the Empire, and he was good at it because he exchanged some of his personality for more productivity by getting a cybernetic implant in his brain. No. It lets him access and communicate with electronic devices and computers and stuff. That's that headset. That's those earmuffs he has. That's his, that's his cybernetic implant. So he traded some personality for some productivity. So bachelor number one isn't exactly Mr. Personality is what you're saying. No, but he's very efficient. Well, who doesn't want that in a partner? I mean, I do. Him and Lando became buds before Lando was ever the, the Baron administrator of Cloud City. They did some, some adventures together. There was one adventure that turned out kind of badly, though. They tried to hijack the Emperor's private star yacht. Ooh. And Lobot was seriously injured in a, in a battle against the Emperor's guards. And in the process, his mind was lost and the cybernetics took over. Oh my god, so now he effectively have, has gone from being a cyborg to a robot. Yeah, basically. He, he started out as a cybernetically enhanced human, and now he's more like an organically enhanced robot. He did it to save Lando. Like, there was something he had, he had to, like, focus all of his cybernetic powers into his brain or something Well, that's like that. sweet, but I feel like then their friendship is essentially lost because he's not the same guy Well, anymore. after the cybernetics took over, his personality did diminish a bit, and he, he spoke a lot less frequently. But Lando became Baron Administrator of Cloud City, mm-hmm. and Lobot became his personal assistant and his chef. Oh, he's shaking good, too. Yeah, but what's cool about Lobot is he can, can maintain all of the computer systems of Cloud City through his brain. Whoa, remotely? Yeah. You didn't have to, like, jack in? Nope. Nice. So he, he, he was pretty efficient. He was pretty good at his job. So he could probably fix your computer if it was broken. Yeah, exactly. That's an advantage right there. That's about all they have for the canon side of things. There is a funny bit they talk about when Lando was trying to figure out a gift for Princess Leia, who was pregnant with, with Ben Solo. Yeah. Young Kylo Ren. It has a very funny paragraph. I, it's, it's made me laugh. So, I'm going to read it to you. Go ahead. So, when Lando suggested giving the child a blaster, Lobot opposed the idea on the grounds that children should not play with blasters. Good man. Lando suggested keeping the blaster in a safe till Leia's son came of age. When Lobot vetoed the idea, Calrissian finally settled with giving Leia's family the catamaran in the western skip dock. Lobot accepted the idea. <laughs> when Calrissian toyed with the idea of starting his own family, Lobot vetoed the idea. <laughs> what? <laughs> when Lando suggested they should go out and share some drinks, Lobot responded that he did not drink. <laughs> So, you know, kind of a Debbie Downer. <laughs> oh, Lobot, come on! I'm sorry, why does Lobot get veto power over whether or not Lando can have kids? He's pretty jealous. He probably ran the calculations, and he's like, you'll be a bad father. Do you think the subtext here was that he was asking Lobot to start a family with him? Are um, they, like, partners? Well, maybe, I don't know. They, they never they seem to hang out together. You know, they're together all the time. They have this long history. And they have a, a good compatibility, I think, because Lando's real flamboyant and over he's got the... an excessive personality and then Lobot's very like quiet and and and, and efficient they can so... sort of balance each other yeah yeah and you know Star Wars is all about balance it is of the force and of romantic relationships I just can't think of any other reason why Lando would have to ask Lobot's permission and he just floated the idea by and Lobot's like no you can't I veto it that's canon Lobot Legends Lobot is a little bit more of a tragic story oh god so Legends Lobot Began life as a slave to a pirate crew. Oh, no. He was born into slavery. When he was fully organic. Yeah, when he was still a human. Sure. 
Uh, he escaped from the pirates and became a criminal as, as a teenager. He was arrested for stealing in Cloud City, and he got 15 years of involuntary service to the city, and also forced cybernetic augmentation. Whoa! Why would they want to do that? Why would you want to make criminals stronger and smarter? This is just for stealing something. Like, this is... They have strict laws in Cloud City. I mean, for shoplifting? I don't know what What do they do to you if you, like, you know, are involved in a vehicular manslaughter or something? Here's a very depressing paragraph from the Wikipedia article. Ready. Cloud City shaved Lobot's head, drilled holes in his skull, and then fitted him with a biotech AJ-6 cyborg headband. Lobot would indenture himself to the city by becoming the first cyborg computer liaison officer in his history. He became one of the most hardworking and loyal employees in Cloud City, and even when his sentence was fulfilled, he freely chose to continue serving his community. So they they lobotomized him. But he and, liked it. But he liked it, because they took away his personality. Maybe life is easier without a personality. I guess so. Maybe that was the wisdom behind the actual real-world frontal lobotomy. Could be. Was he born with the name Lobot? No, that was a name given to him. What was his name originally? I don't, I don't have it. God, that's... He's a nameless slave boy. Very tragic. It is. He's the same as in canon. He can control computers with his brain, and he lost some of his personality. Uh, he's in charge of controlling issues of bureaucracy, law enforcement, computer programming, repair and security, as well as communication systems, repulsor lifts, and life support systems. So, in many ways, Lobot was Cloud City. Goodness. Yeah. A lot of responsibility. On that him. is quite impressive. Uh, him and Lando had a lot of adventures again. Um, he helped Lando win Cloud City in a game of Sabacc. Oh, really? Yeah. The Baron Administrator before him bet the city in a game of cards, and Lobot helped Lando win it because he saw potential in the young gambler. Man, the former Baron was kind of a numbnut. He's kind of an idiot, right? Why is he... whatever. And after Lando left Cloud City, uh, in, in the Legends continuity, he became the Baron Administrator. Lobot became the Baron Administrator. Yeah. Well, it's about frickin' time. I agree. His credentials were almost certainly stronger than Lando's. Definitely. I thought it was kind of funny. They have one sentence in the personality and traits category of Wikipedia. Probably doesn't have a lot of personality. Here it is. As assistant to the flamboyant Lando Calrissian, Lobot was not one to neglect his appearance, often sporting a fine weave, Shurilukin cloth shirt. So that's the only thing we get is that he had a nice shirt. His personality is nice shirt. His personality is nice shirt. You know, to be honest, I have been clubbing before and have met men whose personality could be summarized as nice shirt. Maybe was it Lobot? It could have been. Maybe he's controlling the beats with his brain. So that's that's bachelor number one. Do you? I mean, oh, hang on. Lobot's in the studio here. What? Lobot, welcome. Well, Lobot. He, he's, he's kind of waving. He's he's gesturing. He's not talking. Hi, Lobot. Thanks for joining us. Do you have any questions for Lobot, Joanna? Where did you get that shirt? It's so nice. He's kind of gesturing. Uh, do you speak sign language, Joanna? Uh, I, I do, in fact, well, speak sign language. Do you speak Star Wars sign language? No, I don't speak that. Okay, Lobot, we can't understand you, but... Okay, now, now our printer is running. Lobot, you're printing something? Oh! We... Like he's faxing us something with his mind. His eyes are closed. He's focusing very hard. We're out of ink, though, bud. Sorry, Lobot. It's not going to work either. He's looking really mad. Oh, now I got a pop up ad on my computer. I'm just gonna click out of this. Okay. Another one. Oh. Why did, are you getting. We, do you have a virus now? I think I do. Lobot, did you give our computer a virus? Lobot, don't look so mad. These are just. This is no big deal. This is my computer. Stop, stop looking so mad. Okay. I put on my pop up blocker. Lobot, just. Gotta, just spit it out, man. Okay, looks like he's trying to talk. He's mouthing some words. Use your words, bud. I got it online. Oh! Oh, he got the shirt online! He's nodding vigorously. Oh, wow! Okay, thank you for telling me. That's an answer without 
being at all specific enough to be helpful. All right. Thanks, Lobot, for joining us. That was a thanks. great interview. Yeah, take care of that shirt, bud. Yep, looks really nice. Ready for bat- turn, guy. Bachelor number two, you ready? Yes. Okay. Bachelor number two is actually a race of people. I, I, you can't just pick one of these guys. Really? They were talking about Ugnaughts. Ugnaughts? You know Ugnaughts? It sounds like astronauts who wear Ugg boots. They are. Oh. In a way. Well, there we go. No, say they, no more. Yeah. They, they are in Cloud City. You see them in Empire Strikes Back. They're the little piggy guys who are short and they're running around and they're, they're the ones who work the carbonite chamber. And they're the ones who collect all of C-3PO's parts after he gets uh, blown up. Do you remember those little guys? Little yeah, guys? yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they're, they the ones that, yeah, they, they they put Han Solo in the the Yeah, in the, the chamber. Carbonite. Yeah, they're very underappreciated Star Wars race. Everyone remembers the Jawas. Everyone remembers the Ewoks. Yeah. People forget about them Ugnaughts. I had forgotten about them, honestly, until you brought them up. See? The little guys of Star Wars that are not appreciated. Well, let's hear about them. Okay, they're, they're small, porcine humanoids. They come from the planet Gentis uh, in the Outer Rim. Some have... Pig faces, some have this kind of, like, flabby faces, and they have... Some of them have tusks that they use in blood duels. God. Yeah. I thought they were engineers. Why are they having blood duels? Well, let me explain. Uh, they're strong and resilient, and their lifespans are up to 200 years. Okay, I should preface. This is from the canon category. Ugnaughts divided themselves into a tribal hierarchy, and they favor the colored red, whose presence tended to improve their work productivity. Red did? They loved red. Cool. Made so it's like faster. bulls? Except instead of getting pissed off when they see red, they just get really good at engineering. Yeah, they're they're really good like builders and stuff. So they were a lot of times enslaved by other species. Always with the slavery. But the first Baron administrator of Cloud City gave them a chance to be free in exchange for helping them build Cloud City. Wow! And in exchange, they were allowed to live there freely. But obviously, they did work though. Well, they worked, but they wanted to work, and they they okay. they built the city themselves. So all that hard work. Yeah. Ugnaughts. Pretty impressive, Ugnaughts. Yeah. All that to mine some farts. Yeah, they were, they were industrious and loyal workers with an oral tradition. Yeah. Extremely hardy, able to withstand long periods of discomfort. They, like, what does that mean? So, like, like you know, sitting like... sitting on kind of an uncomfortable chair. Yeah, or, like, you know, when you have to, like, sleep at the airport or something. Like, oh, they're really good at that. They're quite good at that. Excellent. Yeah. Ugnaughts live in accordance with something called their blood profession, which is their, their parents teaching them their trade as they grow up. When they're born, little uglets, as they're called, were taught the blood profession. But if the number of new ugnaughts in a given profession exceeded the number needed, then a blood duel was called. Oh my god! So it's not like, you know, you should pick another job, the market's kind of saturated. It's like, you literally need to kill other people. Yeah, these are these were held to the death, and the victor won the right to inherit the blood profession. So the victor won the right to be an engineer. Yeah, or, or like a preschool a teacher or something. custodian, yeah. or... God. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, they're pretty peaceful people. There's some kind of social dynamics you need to keep track if you ever talk to an Ugnaught. When greeting an Ugnaught, it was advised to bow silently, then wait for a guttural purring, which is their positive response to you. Usage of the common galactic greeting, ya ya, was considered a personal insult to Ugnaughts. Why? It's common. Everybody does it. Get over yourself. Just don't say ya ya to an Ugnaught, because then they're going to throw all their tools at you. God, really? Yeah. I mean, I think if somebody came up to me and just went, yeah, yeah, like, I, I would be confused, but not offended. Ugnaughts hate it. Hate it. God, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, but, so that's that's our bachelor, bachelor number, number two. Do we have an Ugnaught in the studio? Hang on, I think there's one on the table here. Hey, get out of here. Oh, why is he? Hey! Right. Yeah, those guys have been hanging around, actually. Now, remember what I taught you about social customs with Ugnaughts? Yeah. Bow right. silently, Bow wait silently. for a purr, don't say yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, someone say yeah, yeah! Oh my god, Ryan, you just said yeah, yeah. No, no. no I just said yeah, yeah. You said yeah, yeah. Oh my god, everybody stop saying yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw my stuff at you. No! Got hit in the face with a screwdriver. Oh, well now you're purring. 
because it was fun. I guess he just wanted to see something bleed, because he likes red. Hi, my name's Jug. I'm an Ugnaught. I was in the vents below the table. You in the market for love? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, any, any questions for, uh, sure. for Chug? What's your ideal girl? Or man? Um, I like a girl with a good personality. Preferably someone not in my blood profession, which is a, a duck man. Oh, sure, so y- if they were a duck man, you'd have to fight them to the death, maybe. I don't want to fight my mate to the death. Uh, just between you and me, I like when they got kind of an upturned nose. Oh, like a pig nose? Yeah. All right, that that's, gets you going. That's really cute, Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, if any of you listeners match that description, give us a call or a text or an email because we don't have either of those first two things. Yeah, if, you, uh, if you're if you ever in Cloud City, uh, check out the ducks. I should have said, chug it out. <laughs> That's one of my things I say. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm going to go back in the ducks. Uh, I'll, I'll chug you later. Chug you later. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah is an offensive hey, thing to say. Don't, don't say that! I thought you were gone! I'm sorry! I'm only halfway in the vent. Just give me a minute. Alright. I hate it! Jo- Joanna, you really gotta be careful on Ugnaught saying yeah, yeah. Is he gone? Yeah, he's gone. Okay, now we can say yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah! So, so why is yeah, yeah offensive, but chug ya later is fine? <laughs> uh, Ugnaught's move in mysterious ways, Joanna. Truly. So that is Bachelor number two. All right, who's Bachelor so number three? So we've had Lobot, we've had Chug the Ugnaught. Bachelor number three is the man we've all been waiting for, the the hero of the hour, the one that everyone wants to hear about. Not to build him up too much. Will Rowhood. Will Rowhood, the ice cream man. Well, that's how he's known. He's, uh, he's a Tabana gas miner, and he works for the Arrow Filter Company. His job within the company w- was to maintain the computer... The computer terminals, the oh. main computer. And he was also in charge of giving discounted Tabana gas to the Rebellion. Oh, I see. For so their, he was a rebel. Yeah, for their starships a and blasters and such. through and through. Yeah, he kind of had secret channels he would give them the Tabana gas through. He was known best for running through Cloud City carrying something. Ice cream. Well, in the canon side, they don't know what the heck that is. But the legend side, it is very explained. Oh, we know what it is. Yeah. It's not an ice cream maker? So... It could be an ice cream maker. He could be late for Life Day to give the Wookiees the ice cream they want to that's eat. That's what our theory was. But on the Legends side, they say that's not actually the main computer core of the Aero Filter Company. Does the main computer run on ice cream? That is not determined. That could be the case. I think that's another plausible theory. So when Lando announced that the Empire had invaded Cloud City, Wilro Hood said, oh, 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 darn it, this this computer core... It's got all the names of all my rebel contacts. It's got their locations, their information. If they find this, all my friends are going to be toast. So he grabbed the computer core and ran out with it to dispose of it. Oh. He dumped it in a near disposal unit. Yeah. Like basically a space dumpster. And eventually the Empire did catch him. <gasps> did they, he get killed? Well, they, they interrogated him. They tortured him. But Wilro didn't crack. He gave them nothing. He got out alive. He got out? They let him go? Yeah. Well, because he had no information. They thought he was useless. So Wilro, he was very loyal to both his employers and those with whom he sympathized. When given the opportunity to escape Cloud City before the Imperial invasion, he instead stayed behind to aid his fellow miners who had been stranded on the planet. Very nice guy. What an upstanding fellow. Yeah, and he, with all his contacts and abilities, could prefer a simple life without action, and once he was able to, took the opportunity to take it easy. So, when all was said and done, went on vacation. So, if you want a guy who knows how to relax... But can also give you discounts on fuel. 
Yeah. Will Rose, your man. He's very loyal to everyone. Who, not just his employers, but also his friends and people he is in contact with. And so. any potential partners, presumably. It is true. Yeah. And just like the other guests, uh, Lobot is sitting quietly. Uh, Chug is in the vents. Wilro Hood is here. Oh my god, Wilro! Hey, hey. You're so cool, Wilro. The way you helped out the rebellion in secret and then wouldn't give up their secrets even when you were tortured. Yeah, cool like ice cream, right? <laughs> well, exactly like ice cream. That's a little joke, right? Like, I was not carrying ice cream. It was my, my computer data core. But, listen, I, I didn't know what to do about this sort of thing. I'm pretty bad in interviews, so uh, I wrote a little, a little rap with the help of my friend, Matthew House. Oh, my God, Matthew House, the infamous... He's a super fan of our shows, guys. White oh, yeah, rapper yeah, yeah, of yeah, Chicago. Yeah. He, got, he got in contact with me, and uh, he wrote this little rap with me, and uh, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to perform it for you. Is that okay? Yeah, I think that's fine. Will Rowe, go oh, for thanks, it. thanks, thanks. All right. My name is Will Hood, and I'm here to say I dump data calls in a major way. I wear a jumpsuit and smell like gas. What I'm doing now will save your ass. I gotta act fast. There's no room for error. Dump that core in the trash. Save the galaxy from terror. Gotta run as fast as I can. Dump this data core inside of a can. Yeah. Uh. I'm being so sneaky. Slipping through the halls like a mouse that's greasy. No, it's not an ice cream maker. It's a precious data core with the names of our saviors. If the Empire catches me, I'll never squeal. The bunny with a hood has nerves of steel. I gotta run as fast as I can. Dump this data core inside of a can. Gotta dump it. Dump it good. I'm an honest dude. I throw some gas on the slime. And if I get caught, all the rebels will die. Oh no, they got me. Their methods are extreme. What's the matter, guys? You want some ice cream? Poke me, tase me. It's clear I'm not a fan. But I'll never tell what I threw in that can. Gotta run as fast as I can. Dump this data core inside of a can. It's not an ice cream maker. No way, no how. I gotta run as fast as I can. Dump this data core inside of a can. Gotta run as fast as I can. Dump this data core inside of a can. Gotta run as fast as I can. Dump this data core inside of a can. Gotta run as fast as I can. Dump the state of core inside of a can. Wow, Wilro, that was really good. Thank, thank you, thank you. It yeah. in no way sounded like a thirty-something white guy. No, that's not even possible. No way. I'm just gonna sit over here next to Lobot. Uh, thank you for your time. All right, we'll, we'll let you know. We'll let you know if we uh, if we get any interest. All right, thank you. All right, Joanna. So you've met all three of our eligible bachelors, the the men of Bespin. So who's it going to be? Who's who's Mister Cloud City? Mister Cloud City this year is it Lobot? Is it Chug the Ugnot? Is it Will Rowhood? You know the answer to this, don't you? I really want to pick Chug. No, not Chug. Oh. It's Wilrow. Oh, Wilrow! Wilrow, you're the winner! Congratulations! Oh, oh man, I, I don't know what to say. Well, I think you already said it all in your rap, so... Oh, oh, boy. Any eligible ladies that we receive news from, you're gonna go on a date. Oh, thanks. Oh, gee, I, I, I can't wait. It'll be so fun. 
Lobot looks like he's like, he's trying to swear. Lobot, are you swearing? We can't hear you. Pop up ads again. Okay, let me close that. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, we can't understand anything you're saying. You're going to have to communicate with us some other way. Mm. Yeah, yeah! Oh, Lobot, don't wait, wait, wait! I heard that! I heard that! Oh my god! Okay, sorry guys, we cleared that up. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, sorry we got kind of messy at the end. If you want to get a hold of us and send us more raps, uh, what's lightsabers precious at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter account. On Facebook, just search What's Lightsabers Precious. I guarantee you we're the only thing that comes up. Same with Twitter. Anything else you got to plug before we go? Yeah, rate us on iTunes. Oh, yeah. You can do it on the app on your phone, we found out. You don't even have to download the episodes. You just look it up on iTunes. Don't click one star. Click two stars. Maybe three. Click five if you can. I know it's a little bit harder. Click five if you're a cool guy. If you're you're cool. 99% of teens won't admit they'll click five stars. If you're 1% who does, do it. And also stand up for Jesus. Yeah. Well, you don't have to do that part for us. But, you know, that's your thing. Sure. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Happy New Year. Happy 2018, everybody. We'll see you next year. See you on the other side. Peace.